Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. Free college or university, if you like that word, it's a topic that's garnered a lot of national debate over recent years. President Biden has a plan for free universal community college, but that more recently has failed to gain traction in Congress. But here in New Mexico, free college is a thing. Over the pandemic, we saw public schools and universities face steep declines in enrollment. And New Mexico is a poor state. So you may wonder, how is this possible? Where is money for this coming from? And will it be sustainable? sustainable well into the future. This week, we're talking to two people who have been central to what New Mexico is doing with free college. Later on, we're going to hear from a senator from the Republican Party that supported this bill. But just to start, we'll hear from somebody who has a lot to do with higher education in New Mexico. to talk about the significance of the Opportunity Scholarship is Stephanie Rodriguez, Secretary for the New Mexico Department of Higher Education. She joined the Higher Ed Department as Acting Secretary in 2020. Prior to joining state government, she worked for Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham in Congress from 2014 to 2018, reviewing impacts of federal policies here locally. And she's also a UNM grad. Secretary Rodriguez, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I am indeed a proud Lobo. I am myself, am an Oregon duck. uh, And I remember seeing the Lobos uh, come to town to Eugene to play every once in a while. I suppose we've been acquainted in the past over years, so to speak. I hope we won at least (laughs) once. I I was going to say, I don't think so. uh, (laughs) Oh, no, no. no. We'll focus on tuition-free college today then. For sure, for sure. Well, I wanted to start with first, we know that the Opportunity Scholarship, it started several years ago amid Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham in her first year in office, if I recall correctly. And it also exists in concert with the state's lottery scholarship that's helped a lot of New Mexican students pay for tuition over the years. So with that being said, I know there was also new legislation that pushed the scholarship, the Opportunity Scholarship, even further this year. So bottom line, my question to you, how do you explain the difference there between the Opportunity Scholarship and the lottery scholarship? What do each one of them do? You know, that's a fantastic question because both still are alive and well and live in concert with one another, but they do a little bit of a different thing for each one. So let's start with lottery, our original tuition-free promise package. It was established in 1996. We were the first state in the nation to actually do a tuition promise program, which is really exciting. We're trailblazers. However, it's for recent high school graduates who are enrolling full-time for an associate or bachelor's degree. Now, fast forward to 2019, 2020, Governor Lujan Grisham put a task in front of us that said, make tuition-free college for everyone in our state. And that's where the Opportunity Scholarship kicks in. The Opportunity Scholarship is open to anyone regardless of age, All you need is a high school equivalency credential or high school diploma. Um, You need to be a New Mexico resident and you can enroll full time or part time in certificate, associate degree and bachelor's degree programs. That's the key difference. That is a lot of people and you touched on um, who can apply, but how many people are expected to benefit from now this opportunity scholarship? We are looking at tens of thousands of New Mexicans. So the past two years, we've had over 
over 10,000 scholarships go out for the Opportunity Scholarship, about 14,000 for Lottery Scholarship. But now we're looking at upwards of 30 to 40,000 students across the state. So the Opportunity Scholarship, I remember when it first started, it didn't quite cover the people who it does now. So if you perhaps can explain to us What did the legislation do that passed in this last session that expanded the scholarship? Um, Who did you go from? Who were you serving? And now who is it now open to? Yeah, exactly. You bring up a great point. It's open to more New Mexicans. So let me touch on that. The first year of implementation, right when the pandemic hit, it was only open to full-time students in associate degree programs. Now the Opportunity Scholarship is open to both part-time and full-time students for certificate associate and bachelor's degree programs. So it's more encompassing, more accessible, and more open for all New Mexicans, regardless of the path you want to take. What type of schools can people attend with this funding? Like, does it apply to two-year community college, specialty programs, trade programs, or only public universities? It is open to 29 public higher education institutions in New Mexico. So both our community colleges and our universities. And that also includes our branch campuses, which are an arm of our universities as well. So people who go to, say, a uh, community college and maybe say there's a welding trade program there, that would fall under this opportunity scholarship as well? It will. So welding programs that have credits going towards them will qualify for this. So when you think about that, the impact on trades, trades have kind of always been this sort of key thing that we've always recognized. We need more people in, but they've always sort of fallen into a gray area, I feel like, with a lot of um, scholarships and programs and whatnot. And notably, I know when I talked to my friends who live in Oregon, who who heard about this just through reading news stories about this, that was one of the questions they had was, you know, does this apply to all kinds of trade programs? And, you know, they felt that that was progressive, if you will. How do you feel just knowing that, you know, this isn't just your your typical degree setting. This expands to, it seems like, a lot of other programs. You know, traditional scholarships really target associate and bachelor's degrees, particularly our state state scholarship programs. What's exciting, like you said, is this is kind of new. We don't have scholarships that cover these trade certificates. It's not common. We do have some through the Department of Workforce Solutions, but this one is more encompassing. It is specifically for high need, fastest growing trades in New Mexico. So that includes welding, STEM types of certificates and programs. So that is one of the things, but that's all on our website for folks to look at. We're working on figuring out what those trade programs are. The other thing to realize is there's dignity in all studies of education, and that includes certificate associate and bachelor's degrees. So here in New Mexico, it was really important for the governor to establish that state scholarship so that it does encompass our certificate degrees because we do need those technicians. For every one PhD, there are nine technicians alongside them making sure that they are successful in what they do, like at our national laboratories and our private industry. That was really critical in making the scholarship something that could pass forward with all legislators across the aisles, both on the left and the right side. It was significant in the fact that everybody could get behind that. Trades need a special focus. The Opportunity Scholarship does that, but it also extends to our four-year programs as well. So now that we're here at this point in New Mexico, how much free college is the state giving out? Like as in, can anyone apply? Is it aimed at younger people, older people? You mentioned it's focused on the high need. Can you explain that a little bit more? 
That's only for our certificate programs. So the high need workforce component is for certificate programs only, but all other degree programs will be covered in the associate and bachelor's degrees. As far as getting this across the finish line, who are we really targeting? It's everyone. It's recent high school graduates, returning adult learners, people who had their lottery scholarship and lost it. How many times in New Mexico have we heard somebody say, I had the lottery scholarship, I lost it. Well, guess what? You have an opportunity to go back and do so tuition free and get that leg up, upskill, reskill, get that increase in your wage right now as it stands and be able to support your family. So who does the opportunity scholarship, I guess, not apply to? Well, it's those recent high school graduates who want to go to school full time. They'll still qualify for the lottery scholarship. Another group that we commonly don't talk about, but we should is our honorably discharged veterans um, who have been discharged within 16 months actually qualify for the lottery scholarship. So we want to encourage those groups to go back to school full time and then everyone else, they can go ahead and do the opportunity scholarship. I'm curious as well about the, the funding for this beyond its first year, as I understand. And lawmakers will essentially have to figure out a way of where to fund this to keep it going. I know that is not necessarily directly in your wheelhouse. You don't get to make the ultimate decision, right? That's the lawmakers and the governor that get to vote on it and pass the budget ultimately. But as for funding this into the future, do you have any concerns about being able to keep this going. So let me give you some historical context on this. In the first year of implementation, we got $10 million. Second year, we got $18 million. This year, we got a whopping $75 million. On top of that, the legislation that we got across the finish line and into statute that the governor signed also combines other scholarship programs towards college affordability into a fund that now has $24.5 million. So we have a pot of money that we can work with going into the next legislative session. Now, as far as continuing this, We've continued the lottery scholarship since 1996. As a matter of fact, in 2020, the governor reinstated that it will cover 100% of tuition once again. And we're doing another promise for all New Mexicans. So there's an appetite. There's a commitment not only from the governor, but from the legislature to continue these programs because we want New Mexicans to have family sustaining wages and careers right here in New Mexico, and they need to fill in the jobs and the gaps that we have in our economy right now. And they're ready to do that. And we believe in New Mexicans. So for both part-time and full-time students, though, are also eligible for the Opportunity Scholarships. I guess, could you just clarify then, even if you're going into college full-time, you could get your full tuition paid for? Yes. Any New Mexican that is a resident of our state can go to college full time and receive tuition free college education. Wow. that did, I mean, I mean, I grew up in Texas mostly and did all my schooling in Texas and I've never like I didn't even know free college would be a thing in my lifetime. <laughs> It was certainly was not a thing in Oregon either. Um, I, I have my grandparents to thank for for helping me pay through college. I think a lot of our peers left with a lot of debt. Yeah. The outcome of something like this feels momentous, um, but I also don't want to maybe overstate it, so to speak, because I, I know that there is a lot of dialogue out there about <laughs> educational outcomes in New Mexico and how people want to strive for more and for better. Right. So now that we're at this point where per- 
potentially many people, very many people can go get a free higher education. What do you think is the the outcome here? And when do you maybe start seeing the effects of something like this? I think the outcome is that you're going to see more New Mexicans enroll at our colleges and universities. We're not going to have that brain drain effect, right? A lot of people talk about people leaving and not coming back, but we're encouraging them to stay because we're investing in them and we're allowing them to do it in their own backyard. We have 29 institutions that provide this program at no cost to the student um, when it comes to tuition and fees. I think the other thing that we're going to see is they're going to be entering our workforce and filling those gaps. You're not going to be limited to what you can afford in college. You're going to be able to reach for the moon and higher, whether that's a certificate in welding or that is a degree in engineering. New Mexico is going to invest in you so that you can fill that workforce need right here, right now. You had mentioned debt. I mean, I'm still paying off student loans and I'm the secretary of higher education in the state of New Mexico. And I want to jump to that for a second. The average debt for a New Mexican is thirty dollars to $40,000 if they're a college graduate. What we want is that our students graduate debt free and actually immediately get to contribute their wages to our economy as opposed to paying their debt off to the agency itself that's not even going to our local economy here in New Mexico. It's going out of state to some company in D.C. like my student loans, right? Uh, So we want people to work here. We want them to get educated here and we want them to actually be able to spend their dollars here and contribute to our economy. But they can still like leave the state after, you know, getting this scholarship and graduating here in New Mexico? Potentially. However, the way that we see it and when we were studying other college promise programs like in Tennessee, Oregon, New York, when the state invests in you, uh, you're more likely to invest in that state and stay there and contribute. Additionally, since we're investing in New Mexicans, particularly this new older type of New Mexican that's not a recent high school graduate, a lot of these folks are already established, have their homes here, have their families here, their children are going to school in our public education system. So these aren't the folks that are going to jump ship to New York because they get a job there. These are folks that are actually living and working in our state and already contributing and want to stay home, but they want to upskill, reskill, get that leg up and get that higher wage. Okay. Is there anything else that we're missing that you would like to add about this? I think um, as a whole, if I can just talk about education, we invest billions as a state every single year from early childhood to K-12 education, right? We talk about the moonshot. We've also increased salaries for our teachers. However, when we talk about cradle to career, what are we doing in the higher education space to really invest in New Mexicans and ensure that they're successful? Well, we're not just pumping money to the institutions. What we're doing now is actually putting money in the pockets of the students so that they can go to college tuition free. So when you hear cradle to career, we're really making those investments and making a stop at higher education to ensure that we're doing that and we're providing that promise to New Mexicans. What do you say to maybe people who think, gosh, it's so easy to get free college in New Mexico and you only have to maintain a 2.5 GPA? Does that take away maybe some of the students' incentive to do well and finish their graduate degrees in New Mexico since they didn't have to, you know, work two jobs to pay for college? Or, you know, what, what do you say to people who might have that thought? The biggest thing is making sure that people have a foot in the door and making sure that college is accessible. 
people. And, you know, the 2.5 GPA requirement was already in statute and law for the lottery scholarship. To, so to make things simple across the board, we brought that over to opportunity. But, you know, raising a family is hard. Working full time is hard. And so we didn't want it to be this case where a person may not be able to get the A plus for every single class. But at the same time, we had to take into account that they're busy and we need to accommodate that lifestyle and still make sure that they're successful. And that's why we have that GPA requirement. But I will tell you, look at the people who received the lottery scholarship over time. Those are some of the most successful people here in New Mexico. And it's so rewarding to see what we did in 1996 and then hear somebody say, I had the lottery scholarship and now I'm doing this. And I think the opportunity scholarship is going to afford us that opportunity, no pun intended in the future where we are going to start hearing people say, New Mexico invested in me and now I'm giving back. And I hope to hear that a lot more in the future. Free college legislation did receive bipartisan support here in New Mexico. And joining us on the line from Southeast New Mexico is Republican Senator Cliff Pirtle. He's a farmer serving Chavez Eddy and Otero counties, and he's been a state senator since 2013. Senator, thanks for being here today. Yo, thanks for having me. It's it's my pleasure to uh, to join you today and talk about you know this issue that's uh, I think very important to to a lot of people across the state. And, and I wanted to start with I think the most obvious thing in here broadly. There's not many Republicans out there on record with sort of open support of these these big financial measures to give out things like free college. But you did vote for this legislation, and I wanted to ask you why. You know, this is something that that I've been pushing for for years. And and I think just because of the party affiliation that that I am being a Republican, it wasn't taken as seriously, seriously as it should have been. And and then the the governor and, and the Democrats came up with this plan. And when it was introduced, it was something that I couldn't support. But through the amendment process and the committee process, we were able to come up with something that I think serves all New Mexicans. And I think it's there's some important things and reasons why I thought, well, this measure is going to be something that I can get behind for several reasons. Number one, there's no limit to the amount of vocational certificates people can get. So if somebody becomes a welder and then they say, you know, I think I'll get paid more money if I go get my certification to be a diesel mechanic as well. They can do that. And I think it's important to note that we want kids to jump to college, even when they come from families that don't have a history of going to college. And that's a lot to ask for. It's a, it's a giant leap. But what we can do is get people certification where they can get really good paying jobs, become uh, middle uh, class income people, and then their children will make that jump into college. So I think we have to start at the vocational side. And that's one of the reasons why I supported it. I think this is really going to help our community colleges, our small rural towns, keep their community colleges alive, train the workforce that we need today. We need plumbers now. We need electricians now. We need mechanics, truck drivers now. And they can go out and get those certifications and, and quickly jump into the workforce. And another reason that that I really like it is, is I, I have a passion for uh, helping those that are coming out of incarceration. I think if we teach them a trade, that'll keep them from from going back into the lifestyle that put them in the into the prison system in the first place. And this will do that. And so I think this is a huge step forward to battle our crime problem. Um, and it's a complex issue. And trust me, it wasn't easy to vote. There's a lot of people in the base, uh, my base that were, you know, very vocal about how this is a bad deal. But whenever we really look at it on the base level, I think 
this is going to be great for the entire state. So you do cover more of the rural part of the state. There's a lot of farming community over there, agriculture, the oil and gas industry in southeast New Mexico, of course. How do you see the Opportunity Scholarship benefiting maybe your community specifically or the economy overall? I can just look at my community college and see the courses that they're offering. They're offering welding, auto, airplane mechanics, nursing. We have a course where we're tra- uh, training CDL drivers, which we need a lot of those certifications in this area right now. So I really think that that's who's going to benefit most first. And then the other issue is there's not an income cap on this. And so I think that was important that we saw it beneficial enough that we're not going to exclude students that want to go in that say their spouse makes a lot of money and they file jointly, but they're trying to do something on their own. Or maybe the the parents don't want to pay for the kid's school but he wants to, or she wants to, and their parents make over an income. Well, we don't have that. So this is going to be open to everybody. Say a, a stay at home parent that has been at home with their kids and the kids are fixing to, to leave the nest and they want to go get a certification or start an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. They'll be able to do that. There's not an age limit. So I think these are all things that, that are really beneficial. And the really neat part about older people going back to school is their roots are already here in New Mexico. So this money that we're spending on these scholarships. These aren't like the lottery scholarship kiddos straight out of high school that as soon as they get an education, they're out, they're out of New Mexico as fast as they can. This is money invested in people that are going to stay in the communities that they're in. Their roots are already dug in deep. They love New Mexico. They want to stay in New Mexico. And I think that's a very important part of it too, that when we're educating older folks, you know, 25 and beyond, it's way more likely that they stay in New Mexico. And I think that's a better investment than the lottery scholarship that we dump money into now. Uh, the burnout rate of the of the lottery scholarship kids is very high because you have to do it immediately out of high school. This will allow kids um, coming out of high school, take a year, go experience life, go get a job, go really figure out what you want to do, dabble in some of the trades if you want to, and then you can get serious about your schooling. And, and I think that's going to really help uh, the burnout rate on, on these scholarships that we're giving out. You know, when you hear there's just the term free college, it sounds like there should be a catch. And then New Mexico is a poor state, you know, overall. What about people who say, well, even if we give them, you know, free education, there's always the chance, like you just mentioned, of them getting a degree and then leaving New Mexico. Why do you think this is different and why do you think people will stay here? You know, I think this is different just because it applies and I think it is geared more towards our older people. So these are people that that have kids or have bought a home, own a home in New Mexico. They've put their their roots in and, and they're they're wanting to just better themselves here in New Mexico. They already have an idea of what they want to do or maybe they have a job lined up as soon as they can get their certification or their education. And so I think they, they want to better themselves within the uh, community that they already live. And through COVID, what did, what did we do? We found out how to educate people remotely. And so I think a lot A lot of people will be able to do that from the comfort of their own home while they're raising their children or while they're doing other jobs. They'll be able to balance everything and then then better themselves. And I think that's an important thing. We're one of the uh, states with a higher poverty level. And and I think, you know, as rural as we are, we need nurses in rural communities. Well, this is a way that we can train the nurses in the communities that we want them to practice. And then we're not trying to entice people to move. Well, they already live here. And so I think that's really one of the most beneficial things about this 
is we're we're raising our own, we're growing our own, which is something that I've been saying for a long time that this is what we need to do. And so although it has a large price tag, I think this is an investment in the citizens of New Mexico that are going to stay here. And this is how we raise our nurses. This is how we get people started uh, in the direction of becoming an attorney, a doctor, something along those lines that then they can transfer into one of our other schools. And they're only having to pay for about four or six years of school uh, instead of the the entire amount. So I think this is a huge step forward. I mean, you you look at it, somebody can retire as a police officer at, you know, 40 to 45 years old, and then they can become an attorney and then they can become a judge. And then we have people that have uh, very diverse backgrounds in their professional lives becoming the things that we need them to become um, even at an older age. So I think these are things that that are really going to benefit and that, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to take advantage of, and it's just going to help our communities. Uh, It's an investment that we're making and, and, you know, it, it has a short uh, time. So if it doesn't work, we can always, um, you know, re- reevaluate and try to make it better. You mentioned you think there's a, a going to be a large interest in this. You know, it is one thing, of course, for the state to to offer this out there, but it's another thing for people to actually take advantage of it. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, out in your community, do you sense that, you know, there is a hunger to get more opportunity towards getting this higher education and that maybe it has always been just the money thing that sets people apart? I think it's a little bit of two things. I, th- I think because we have such a strong online college presence now because of the last two years and on top of that, people wanting to better themselves, that there's an understanding now that you can do both. And so I think with those two things combined, you're going to see quite a few people wanting wanting to do this. And, and so I just took some courses, I think it was uh, last year for a semester, just just trying to see if I could balance it all with with everything I'm trying to do. And the majority of the people in there were were police officers. They um, had jobs at hotels. Uh, they were my age, just wanting to, to get a better education online. And so I think there is a hunger for it. And I think it will just grow even more, uh, especially I'm thinking the age group from 25 to 45 and, and even higher of people wanting to, to start their second or maybe even their third career by that point. And so these are these are the people that will stay here. And and I think it's it's an awesome, you know, the, the term opportunity scholarship, it's, a, it's an awesome opportunity that I think a lot of people will take advantage of. I don't see a lot of people signing up and then and burning out because this is for our, our older our older folks out of our normal 18 to 22 college age uh, kiddos. And so I think these are the people that already have jobs. They're, they know responsibility. They, they know what they want to do. They have the drive to do better. Um, so I think there's going to be a, a very high completion rate. Uh, I think the burnout rate is going to be quite low. And, and what I like about it is they can start with a trade certificate. And then if they want to go for their associates, we're going to we're going to do that as well. And then if they want to go for their bachelors, they're going to get that as well. And so we're going to allow people to go at their own pace and better themselves at their at their own pace. And, and when they're doing this, they're going to be in New Mexico working. They're going to be contributing to society in a positive way. And so I, I hope it really alleviates a lot of the issues we have with poverty, with crime, with recidivism rates, those types of issues. I think it will. And so I think this is a positive way. Instead of spending money on prisons, we can help educate people so that, that they can have a good paying job. They don't fall back into the lifestyle that that put them in prison. I think this is a really great opportunity for for all types of folks. Along the lines of funding um, for the Opportunity Scholarship, a big part of the state budget overall relies on oil and gas, which 
we all know can be a volatile industry. On top of that, the state's trying to push toward greener, cleaner fuels. Is this free college program sustainable in your opinion beyond its first couple years? You know, I, I think, again, that's that's something that if budget, the budget gets a little uh, tighter where we have to, you know, tighten the belt, then we're going to have to prioritize things and we're going to have to adapt as that happens. But, you know, Larry Laranaga, who was a representative from Albuquerque, who, who passed a, a few years ago, he came up with a really great uh, fund and, and it's the severance tax fund. It's also called the rainy day fund. Um, it's it's something that will grow in these years of of boom. And so that when we get into years that money gets tight, that money will be sitting there for projects and things such as the Opportunity Scholarship, where we can continue to pay for those even when money gets tight. So that way our budgets aren't just to the moon and back and and we don't have consistent funding for things like this. Because when someone signs up for a bachelor's degree, we need to have the funding available to finish that. And that takes four years. And so that's that's why I think that was he was a man ahead of his time and he was able to convince the legislature, hey, we're at a four point eight billion dollar budget this year. And it wasn't that long ago that, that we had money running out of our ears. We need to save money from those times for times like this that we were in at that time. Uh, whenever it was short. So I think a lot of people need to give him credit for that. Uh, I think that's going to be something that really saves the state when we get into those those years that uh, that money is tight and the oil and gas is up and down. And and so we need to straighten that that curve out a little bit, flatten that curve by by being fiscally responsible in, in years like this. And, and our revenues this year are going to be through the roof, but that doesn't mean we need to spend the money. It means we need to save it for when when oil prices drop. Anything else you would like to add that perhaps we did not ask you directly? You know, I I think I might have touched a little bit on it, but, you know, this is really something that I think will help parents that that chose to um, have kids at a a young age, whether they intended to or not, and and stayed home with the kids. And then um, they're in their 40s or or early 50s and and they want to do something on their own and become a little more independent. This is going to allow them to do that. And so I think that's that's there's so many groups within the state, so many uh, people from different backgrounds that are going to benefit from this, um, that a lot, a lot of times they, they get ignored or forgotten. And so I think this is, this is really a great all around opportunity um, because it doesn't have income limits. It doesn't have age limits. Um, you know, regardless of all the boxes that people check, they're going to be able to to qualify for this and better themselves. And so it allow people that that maybe chose one one path in life to to change um, at a different point in time whenever their situations change. And so I think that's the most important part. Um, our our stay at home dads or moms or grandparents will be able to to get out there and, and better themselves and continue to contribute to society. It is fascinating just to hear about how this came to be. And again, free college being offered here in our lifetime is something I never really thought about as a college student, having to you know, work a lot and pay off a lot of debt. College is expensive. I don't know how that would have changed things. I know I spent 10 years paying back student loans. Um, That certainly would have helped at the early part of my career. Yeah, hopefully this will help, like both of our interview subjects mentioned, a lot, a lot of people. We want to thank Senator Cliff Pertle and the Higher Education Secretary Stephanie Rodriguez for joining us. We'll have another episode for you next week. In the meantime, please rate and review our show on whatever podcast player you're listening from and share it with a friend. You can always reach me at gabrielle.burkhart 
Burkhart at krqe.com via email and gburknm on Twitter. I also encourage folks, send us your questions, your comments, any other further questions, maybe something we missed in a podcast. Maybe you want to just say, I liked this episode, you know, send it in. I'm also at chris.mckee at krqe.com and chrismckee tv on Twitter. Thanks a lot for listening.